Hello, friends. Hello, 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 friends. A tradition unlike any other. Oh, 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 my goodness. In your life have you seen anything like that? There it is. Adam Scott, a life changer. Mashed potato. Here it, here it, here it, here it comes. This is the 19th Tea Podcast, Kieran Marsh. Nathan Drudy, back with you for another week, Drudes. I know that you have been enjoying it just as much as I have, but the the swing of events in the Australian, well, I suppose we're, we're coming out of the summer uh, almost now, but it's been fantastic to see golf back on the cards on our own shores. One of those events just a couple of weeks ago was the Australian Amateur. We did, after that weekend, speak to the male amateur uh, in Louis Dobler, and I am pleased to say uh, that we are now joined by his female counterpart, who, of course, recently crowned the Women's Australian Amateur and is up here in sunny Queensland for this weekend's Queensland Open. I speak, of course, of Grace Kim. Grace, thanks for joining us on the 19th Tee Podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. Probably first and foremost, how's the last few weeks been? I, I imagine, I mean, we, we will get into what your career has looked like today, and it's incredibly, uh, you know, uh, phenomenal what you've achieved so far, but also the potential that lies ahead of an amateur such as yourself. But I imagine things do change a little bit when you hold that crown of Australian amateur. Yeah, thanks. Um, it has been a quite hectic couple of, couple of weeks. Um, I think obviously due to the pandemic last year, it's all starting to kick back on now and I'm quite enjoying the busyness of the tournaments um, and the upcoming ones. Uh, yeah, it just it feels nice to have that title and that, um, yeah, labelling, especially when I get to the golf courses, everyone's congratulating me. So, I mean, it feels good to me. Before we get back to your, your journey of how golf began for you, Grace, uh, going back even a, a step on 2020, uh, what was that like? What was, uh, I mean, a hugely interrupted year around the world, but, you know, particularly for you, you had some really exciting things happening uh, in, in your golfing career. How do you look back on 2020? I mean, it, it must have been incredibly disappointing for everything that you had lined up to get cancelled. Yeah, um, 2020 was a bit tough. Um Obviously, due to the pandemic, um, it was tough for us to head over to the US in the summertime. Tournaments kept getting cancelled week after week. So um, it wasn't really much of a surprise to a certain, like at a certain point when tournaments and schedules started to drop out. Uh, just quite actually, I'm quite thankful that it actually happened because um, I feel like I needed that bit of development period and to be able to be in the gym focusing on getting bigger and stronger because I'm a bit of a skinnier physique. Um, it's, I can't afford to lose that much distance than I already have. So to focus on that and really dialing down my numbers with my wedges, um, you know, working on better drills with my putting and long game just to, um, yeah, just to get that precision with all my, all the aspects of my game. Um, I think, Overall, it has become a successful week, although tournament-wise it wasn't so much. So um, to be able to have that year like that and then be prepared for what's coming this year, um, I, um, overall it was actually not too bad. You said you're getting in the gym, you're channeling some inner Bryson DeChambeau vibes. Yeah, yeah, I'll be uh, carrying at 370 this week, um, hopefully <laughs> off the men's teeth. Nowhere near. <laughs> I think it's the way that golf's going, though, and I, I think that is that um, you know that strength is going to play such a, a crucial part in in where 
the game goes from now and length is obviously going to be so important as, as we're starting to see more and more in, I guess, in the PGA Tour, in the men's side of things, but p- particularly in the, in the WPGA and uh, the, the LPGA as well. Um, those that are hitting it long ways uh, are starting to have some, some great success. So it'll be uh, interesting to track your progress. When, uh, when did golf sort of begin for you, Grace? Take us back to your, your first recollections of the game and, and how it all came about for you. Yeah, so I started at the end of age 10. Um, Dad is a golfer in the family and he just dragged me out one time to Massey Park, I believe. He just he was just hitting balls. I was just sitting on the side board as and uh, <laughs> just had nothing else to do. So I started whacking the golf club, uh, golf ball, sorry, and he found that I had a bit of talent, like natural talent. Not that I really liked it at the start, to be completely honest with you, but um, uh, I don't, I can't, um, like, I don't see myself being anything but a golfer right now. So I'm quite thankful for dad. Who's the role models at that stage outside of dad? Because, I, I mean, I'm looking back through the bio, Grim, uh, Kim, and you may well be the first person born uh, in the new millennium. Uh, that we've had on this podcast, which is oh, really? incredibly, uh, incredibly humbling for Drews and I. It does um, does age us a, a little, and and I'm, I'm fast forwarding to what I imagine is about 2010 on your timeline. Uh, who are the role models outside of Dad? Who are those first probably few golfers you're looking up to that sparked the passion for the game? Due to my family being um, a Korean backgrounded Aussie, um, I really looked up to like Minji Lee, you know, Lydia Ko back in the days when she turned pro really young. Um, it really allowed me to have that dream and drive to become like them. Nowadays, it's a lot more just basically majority of the girls on the LPGA tour, um, all of the Aussie girls, especially like the younger ones who were um, – in our positions a couple of years ago. So for example, even like still to today, Minji, Hannah Green, Suo, like they were in our positions not that long ago. And for them to have achieved so much like that, I think it just um, really puts it into perspective that I can do it too soon, sooner or later. So um, at the moment, yeah, those are the couple of girls that I really look up to. And you play out of the Avondale Golf Club at present. Was that where it started when things got a little bit more serious? Was Dad taking you down to Avondale or, or did it start at another course? I joined Avondale, um, I believe, at the age of 14 or 15 um, due to a good junior development program. Before that, I tossed around Stratford Golf Club in Sydney, uh, Bankstown, Oatlands. Um, yeah, I was all over the place, but it was mainly Stratford and that's where I started my first um, lessons with a proper coach. Now, I suppose when you said you had a little bit of natural talent that, that your dad sort of identified you and you go down to a coach for the first time, I guess that's when things are starting to become a little more serious. What was the uh, the feedback from the coach straight away? Did he sort of, or he or she, sorry, acknowledge that you had a bit of talent there as well? Yeah. Um, so he actually said, basically um what dad said you know like I had a naturally good swing it was just a matter of um getting some practice in and getting gaining that extra bit of distance um I was yeah I've always just been um a weaker weaker physique I guess just not strong enough lanky as so um yeah I like he saw a good swing in me but it all had to come down to me actually 
speeding up properly at impact or um, having enough strength to even keep practicing really. It's, it's fascinating. I think, you know, distance is such a, a hot topic uh, in golf at the moment. I know we were joking about Bryson before, but what are the things um, aside from getting in the gym and, and, you know, you touched on there that you're working on technique and, and whatnot, but what are the other things I suppose that you can do in your game, I guess, to obviously uh, get additional distance, but, but also uh, I guess it comes down to working on other parts of your game. Whereas if you, you might be, 10 yards behind everyone else in driving distance. But if, you're, if you've if you got the iron play to make up for it, it doesn't really matter if they're uh, 10 yards in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, distance is huge nowadays. But for the players who are a bit behind, for, like myself, like myself, sorry, um, wait, I, I just see, I know that I'm a better accuracy player rather than distance right now, um, which gives me the opportunity to hit more green than then more opportunity um, to make some putts and give more, um, make, make more birdies, sorry. Um, but obviously that adva- that extra bit of advantage helps with the distance. Um, but I can't, I guess I've always been a bit behind the other girls and a bit below average. It's just always come down to a lot of um, time spent on the range, which is, um, really shown in my iron um, data on like shots to hole and how um, close my, like my proximity to the holes have been quite close. We'll run through some of your, uh, your performances uh, that you've had and, and the incredible number of wins that you've had at an amateur level uh, and top 10 finishes, top five finishes. I'm just looking back here and it's, it's actually quite phenomenal. I was just texting Kira before and said, this is, this is one of the best runs of form. I reckon that you'll see anywhere, but I mean, you're only 20 years old, Grace, and you've achieved so much in in your career. You haven't turned professional yet. Have you stopped and sort of just reflected on what you've achieved in in your amateur career? Because it, it's been quite phenomenal, really. I um, finally enough, I'm staying with a guy here named Harrison Curran. Oh, and Nathan Barbieri, as long as as well as um, Steph Triaku, and they were just saying like, have you won basically every amateur event in Australia? And I think I've won most of them except for two and I actually didn't realize until tonight um I think I've just gone like um no breaks for the past couple of years just trying to win as many tournaments as possible to get my world ranking up um which then gives me obviously more opportunities um especially in pro events so um no not quite actually I haven't really reflected back on anything hey I'm surprised you've actually come on tonight if you're staying with Steph. Yes. Grace. I believe she got in a bit of trouble with her mum for swearing when she came on the podcast. So I thought she might yeah, give, you the, she... Uh, give you the steer. <laughs> I asked her about um, the pod, uh, your podcast and she said, oh, you can swear. And I was like, are you sure? <laughs> yeah, well, I, yes. I, yeah you, well, you definitely can. But I think uh, pending pending uh, mum and dad listening, it, it's really up to you whether, you're not the, whether or not you want the grief. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. I'll, I'll probably uh, keep it to the to the low side. <laughs> what's uh, what's it been like coming up through the New South Wales system? It's it's one of the commonalities, obviously, that we we've heard from a number of uh, whether it is current amateurs or players who are in the first few years of their pro career is how important that development stage is through the Institute of Sports and the state teams. Uh, and you know, New South Wales an incredible record of producing 
uh, elite amateur talent. You, you mentioned Nathan Barbieri there, who's on the who's on the male side, and I'm sure you've got quite a good relationship with coming through at the same time. And he's obviously setting the world on fire from an amateur perspective as well. So that that state system seems so critical those few years to get in and, and get in that high performance environment, also drive each other in that environment as well. Yeah, for sure. I really find it crucial um, how like they they really we're just blessed to have them. We obviously got the Jack Newton Foundation program before the Gulf New South Wales state performance. Um, during those building block stages, um, regardless of it being golf, they teach us mental perspective, like mental training, um, obviously gym training. And then when we transition into the Gulf New South Wales high performance program, um, just that, that next level stuff. So obviously like psychology, physio, um, gym work, private sessions. Um, yeah, like everything that they do for us, we cannot thank them enough for. Um, they give us opportunities to be sent away to play state amateur events and even like opportunities to play in pro events. Um, I really find it how, like I really, really, really um, think that, that's how I'm like, that's how I'm here. Like I really don't think without them, I wouldn't be where I am and wouldn't have achieved as much as I have um, up until right now. So I'm quite thankful for that. Just looking at the record that the Drew's kind of alluded to earlier, I'm looking back here, uh, 2016. So we're essentially six years after really picking up a club for the first time. You won the golf New South Wales, Gene Darren average winner. 2017, only seven years after picking up a club, you're the Australian girls champion, the South Australia women's amateur, the Tasmanian women's amateur champion, and the runner-up at the Victorian women's amateur. It seems to have clicked quickly. And I don't want to understate the amount of work you've put in that, in that time, but when you start turning up to these tournaments as a, you know, as a 16, 17-year-old and you're having success early, is there any danger of getting ahead of yourself or have you got the right people around you at that stage to keep your feet on the ground and, and ensuring that you're not taking that success for granted and continuing to work hard in that really important stage of your development? Um, yeah, absolutely. It all really kick-started in that 2017 year. Um, I think more than anything, I got ahead of myself. Obviously, after a big win, I wanted to win everything um, and just I wasn't looking back whatsoever. But having a good team around me, so my Khan, uh, my coach Khan Pullen, my parents um, back at that age would be like um, the manager of the Gulf New South Wales state team at the stage, so Liz White. Like everyone was obviously helping me achieve what I could and setting goals and stuff like that, but they've also brought me back to reality and saying, you know, like, yeah, you've got to have high standards for yourself, but you can't be too harsh on yourself for um, not producing scores as well as you wanted to, because it's like one tournament, obviously, like I've done well the week that, that Aussie, Am, the Aussie junior week, but um, like one good week can take you a long way, but it's also one bad week that can um, also Im improve your game equally as much. So, yeah, they really brought me back back to earth that year. So, um, yeah, I really don't know what I could have done if I kept going the way I did. The future of female golf in this country is so incredibly bright, Grace. When you look at the names that we have, uh, of course, Minji Lee is just doing absolutely wonderful things. You've got Hannah, who's a major winner already. And then in the amateur side, you've got yourself, who's won everything that there is to win. Kirsten Rudgley's 
a really prodigious talent as well. There's so many names, Steph Kiriakou and Whitney Hilly are playing over on on the European tour. The the future is so incredibly bright for for women's golf in this country, and I think that's something that we should be really, really proud of. I mean, I suppose it's not not even really a question, but how do you feel being part of that sort of company that that you're sort of inspiring that next generation coming through and, and, you know, going to be playing on the world stage for a long time to come? Being named amongst those bunch, um, I guys, I want to thank you guys. Um, I really, uh, it's thrilling to be able to have that um, title and to see the young girls looking up at me um, and thinking that I'm the inspiration, whereas I'm also looking up against the girls above me. Um, I think we've, like, I think we've got a really bright future ahead of us, especially the female side of things. Um, I, I cannot be more proud of all of us doing what we can do all around the world. And I, I don't know, like we, we've got such a bright future ahead of us. So um, I'm, I, I, ho- I hope that we can keep going like this, really. Oh, I'm, I'm very confident that we will be. Um, let's, let's go back just a little bit to, to 2019. And I want to just mention this run of form because we've spoken about it, but I think we need to read it out to people. And, and you, you're just going to have to sit there and listen to your, your top-notch performances and finishes. Going back to the, uh, the 30th week of 2019, you're over in the States playing the US Girls Junior Championship, ninth, then third back home, ninth, 17th, second, first, third, fourth, third, first, first, then you play in the Vic Open, uh, then 40th, 21st, 10th, 5th, 1st, 1st. It's, it'd be unparalleled, the the, uh, the form that you're in, Grace. What do you put all that down to? Um, a lot of practice on the range and um, just a lot of practice. I gained my confidence out of basically how, how many quality hours spent on the range, especially, and the putting green. Um, obviously, then reflects on how how unconfident I am on off the green like chipping wise and the short game side of things but yeah I really get my confidence boosted by hitting balls after balls to be honest because I've just done that from such a young age Um, I just can't not feel confident especially preparing for a tournament if I haven't hit enough balls I just I need to have that muscle memory going otherwise um, yeah I'm just not in the right headspace. Grace, I want to take you back uh, just a little bit further as well, back to October of 2018 at the Hurlingham Golf Club in Buenos Aires, uh, where you you won gold at the Summer Youth Olympics representing Australia. And it was part of a, a double gold, yourself and Carl Phillips uh, representing the boys for Australia, also um, taking out the, the top spot in the Youth Olympics. What was it like to represent your country? Obviously, you, you mentioned your Korean heritage, but I imagine... Uh, uh, whilst obviously very proud of that, a proud Australian as well. It must have been quite a moment to step up and, and have golf back in that Olympics now since Rio in 2016, but have the opportunity to represent your country and, and have success. Yeah, I um, I really like enjoyed the whole week. Obviously didn't expect it to be such a big deal. Um, I knew it was named the Youth Olympic Games, but I really didn't expect that much whatsoever. We were escorted by policemen as soon as we got there. Um, we were honestly treated like kings and queens. We had our own village. Um, yeah, it was such an unreal week and experience. Um, I actually had a very um, bad flu, like to the point where my phlegm wasn't the right colour um, and I was going to pull out 
the second round. I believe it was a three-round um, tournament, and I was going to pull out the second round, and I'm glad I didn't. So, yeah. <laughs> t- take us into that moment because that's, I mean, that, that's fascinating. Obviously, it must be very serious to get to a point where you would consider pulling out. But but then on the flip side, the I suppose the resilience required to find a level within yourself on as big a stage as, as an Olympic Games uh, to, to produce the golf necessary to win a gold medal. So what are you, what are you drawing on? Is it that uh, you, know, you, you flagged earlier the, the, the mental training through the New South Wales Institute of Sport? Is it, is it probably just a, a bit of innate uh, resilience within yourself as a person? What are you drawing on in those moments to, to push through um, what, was, what was a pretty challenging time? Yeah, definitely the mental games and lessons we've learned um, through golf, coming up through golf New South Wales, that really helped me, you know, um, stay in the present is, was, is still till today key for me um, and not to be greedy, staying patient, um, you know, just the normal basic things that we always tend to go back to, but we forget. Um, but I also think, like, I didn't want to, like, uh, I don't want I don't know how else to put it this way, but... Um, like, I didn't want to look like a pussy. <laughs> like, I, I, I really did. I really wanted to ask myself. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but I really, like, just didn't want to um, step down from that position. I've come a long way. And, um, you know, just to withdraw like that, I really didn't want that to happen. So, um, yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. I just, yeah, didn't want to look like that. <laughs> I want to talk to you about uh, your relationship with Kari Webb. You're a previous recipient of the, the Kari Webb Scholarship, but I, I'm conscious, and, and I don't want you to take this in the wrong way, but I, I wonder how much you knew of her, um, I suppose, prior to getting really serious about your golf because, you know, given you're born in the year 2000 and, and you talk about your idols at that time being the likes of Minji Lee and, and Lydia Ko, what Kari had achieved had happened well before your time and you know we, we speak about it often on this podcast that she is the undisputed uh, goat of Australian golf um, and, and probably criminally underappreciated by a lot of people but seemingly such a passion to invest back into the next generation and you've been a beneficiary of that so I, I wonder what it's like to have uh, an ongoing relationship with you know arguably uh, the greatest golfer to ever come out of our country. Yeah absolutely um, actually because I haven't been growing up watching golf whatsoever um I really wasn't aware of how how, how like how much she's achieved how much Kari has achieved when I went to the first year of the Kari Web Series scholarship um but obviously like after some research and hearing stories after stories with the other pros we stayed with um I was just in shock you know she's done so much for us as well you know giving back um even till today she gives back to the female Aussie golfers and uh, that really inspires me to do the same when I become successful because um it really does go a long way and and um just having that she like messages me and she had just messages me on Instagram here and there. And just having that support and that little bit of kick really helps me to get better and be mo- more motivated to basically become like her and what she's achieved. You've played a, a bit of golf internationally as well as an amateur. You played in the women's amateur, the Asia Pacific championship, a, a very good finish of 12th there. And then you go over to play in the U S and, and the North and South women's amateur championship won, of course, by a, a fellow Aussie and Gabby Ruffles, but then you also play in the U S girls junior championship and, and finished ninth. Um, some fantastic performances on international soil. What, 
what's that experience like playing uh, over in the States, I suppose, particularly, I mean, given that the, the depth of talent is just uh, far greater than what we have here in Australia, and that's no disrespect to, to the players that we have here in Australia. It's just pure, pure numbers. Their population's 10 times the size of ours. Yeah, um, heading over to the US, playing for the first time in a proper tournament a couple of years ago, that was um, exciting times, but I just found it a lot more difficult than I expected. Um, courses were completely different layouts, obviously. Um, the grasses, the type of play, you just had to sort of, sort of change a bit of like technique and like the way you hit your shots and all that. So it was a bit, of an experience more than anything for me obviously that having that um us junior week um you know really showed that i can do it in the us um and it was just a good taster of what uh, it'll be like for my future and i really enjoyed especially playing at pinos i didn't shoot my best rounds but especially having that um that win by Gabby just shows that um, anyone can really do it and the field is a lot stronger. Yeah, you're right. The Australian Amateur Championship this year, uh, Kuyonga Golf Club, beautiful club um, and uh, a victory for yourself. I mean, clearly when looking back at the scorecard, the the, the thing that stands out is uh, the 68 in, on the, in the fourth round on Sunday. Um, you know, you absolutely romped it in, seven-shot victory. Um, for yourself, no one else shot in the 60s uh, on on uh, on Sunday, and there was only I think I'm having a look here. There was only about five rounds uh, that were shot in the 60s, and you had two of them. A pretty impressive week from yourself, particularly on Sunday, including a, a pretty dream stretch of uh, birdies, six six birdies in eight holes, I believe. Yeah, um, yeah, really, really putted well that week, especially the last round. I didn't quite. I didn't make many putts the front nine of the last round. And I said to my caddy, like, I need to make some putts. And as soon as I did, I went like, yeah, six birdies in eight holes. Um, that which helps. Um, That's easy. I, I, yeah. Like even on one of the holes, I was off the green. I was like, just like, just off the green on the fringe. And as soon as I hit it, I like tutted sort of, I went and it went in the hole and I felt so bad. Like I felt like a bit of a, a, yeah, a meanie for doing that. Um <laughs> But, yeah, I I don't know. I just putted the dots off. Like, I didn't even see it coming whatsoever. Um, Apart from the last hole, everything just, yeah, just fell in place, really. How aware are you uh, when you're in a run like that? Like, like, Because I kind of – I'm reading comments here from – um, from Rudgley talking about it as the best putting performance she'd ever seen. And, and that you know, when you can go on a run like that when the tournament's in the balance and really – it's so much better to grab a win than have others fall around you. And you seem to do that. But I'm, I'm curious to know when you're in the middle of that run, are you aware of, uh, I suppose, how on fire you are or as a matter of just taking each shot as it, as it comes and you can kind of appreciate that once the round's finished? Mm-hmm. Um, I had no idea what was going on score-wise and the leaderboard. Um, I knew I was doing well enough to have a couple shot lead, but, um, yeah, I had no idea what the actual difference was, but I, yeah, I just tend to really focus on my game. Hence why I really enjoyed the fact that the Aussie M this year was stroke play. Um, 
I really enjoy stroke play. Not that I'm bad at match play, but I'm more stronger in stroke play because my mentality is just um, just on me, not focusing on the other players whatsoever, which tends, if I, if I do tend to think that way, it doesn't really go well. Um, and yeah, I really just focus on making my score better than anyone else. So yeah, it really worked out for me that week. I, I quite admire that because, I mean, I put myself in, in your shoes and, and I reckon I'd really struggle. And this is, this is not a, a dig in any way, shape or form, but I look at, you know, the, the scores on that day. I think Kirsten Rudgley had a, had a double bogey on the fourth or fifth hole and, and you're standing there. I, like, it's interesting to see like how that doesn't necessarily, I, I'd find myself, I'd probably get a little ahead of myself. I'm back in this. And then when I'm going on a run of, you know, six birdies and eight holes, probably have my back up and feel quite confident. So to stay level-headed, I think through that whole process and not let, you know, your success or others fail, you really diminish your output and your attitude and, and your application to each shot is, is, is quite impressive. Is that something that you kind of pride yourself on the ability to stay level through a round? Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously it comes with a bit of experience being in that position for a while or even coming from behind. I've been in Kirsten's spot before, but then like, I guess on the flip side, I do sometimes think, of like like you said you know if she made a double bogey yeah um I might get on uh, like might get ahead of myself but I tend to not let that happen because I know what I know what it did to me previously um yeah just having that experience I think really helped me throughout that week I know what I'm like when I think certain ways and yeah real that's that that really just helped me get through the week really my favourite quote from you after the uh, the Aussie amateur, which you've won, is I can just see lines to the back of the cup. I mean, that's pretty easy if you <laughs> just just start rolling them in. You, you say, oh, I need to make more putts, and then all of a sudden that you, uh, you, you just start rolling putts in, you can see the lines. It sounds like it's a pretty easy game for you, Grace. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Uh, my first birdie actually was literally like a 50-footer slider. Um, but then on 11, it was, I was, I'm, I'm normally quite a linear um, visualizing putter. Um, if I see my, like I see the break of the putt, but I also see the apex of the putt more than anything. So when I can see that, it all basically goes in. So, and obviously get the speed right. So what were the celebrations like, Grace? Uh I was actually quite tired. I had a couple of drinks. We went to Glenelg and enjoyed the sunset, but I was actually quite knackered after yeah, after all the uh, all the um, social media stuff and then the presentation. So I actually just slept. It's a beautiful beach down there at Glenelg. Not a bad place to enjoy a couple of drinks before a big sleep. Yeah, yeah. I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I want to talk to you about a specific envelope you've received in the mail. I, I speak, of course, of the famous envelope that golfers dream of receiving their entire life. It's that Pentone Green invitation um, from the Board of Governors at the Augusta National Golf Club. Talk me through the moment when you open up that letter and you see your name, Grace Kim, there at the bottom, uh, invited to play in the Augusta National Women's Amateur. Yeah, um, so when I received it for the first time last year, I had no idea... Um, I had I had I was aware, but I had no idea on the certain day that I received it. It came in like a cardboard envelope as well. So I was like, what is this? I 
didn't receive any notifications on my phone saying that I had a post coming and then obviously the green starts coming up and it was quite unreal um it was during a tournament as well so having that that thought in my head I really couldn't think straight during the tournament to be honest but um it it was good to be having that in my hands because obviously it's a big dream for any golfer I wonder, I'm curious how you reflect on, say, the Masters because, you know, we've spoken a lot on this podcast about Augusta National, the club, and, and we won't, because um, we could go on for hours, we won't go into the fact that women have only been invited to play there in the last couple of years and, and that you will now be part of that 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 movement. But given the fact that it's traditionally been just the Masters we see there each and every year, how, how do you reflect on, you know, you know, growing up watching on television in the morning and, and how, I suppose, how you aspired to maybe play there one day yourself? Um, yeah, look, it, I've all I've seen about uh, with Augusta, sorry, is like just Tiger winning. Um, not many other players really, because obviously Tiger's the GOAT. Um, I, what people have told me that have maybe even like walked during the masters told me that um, the course there is actually a lot more undulated than it looks on TV. Um, and yeah, I having obviously looking at videos and highlight clips like that, I really didn't expect it whatsoever. So I'm really just looking forward to playing um, even just a practice round there if I don't make the cut, but hopefully um, yeah, having that achievement would be uh, a dream come true as a golfer, really. It's going to be phenomenal. Yeah, I, I mean, we can only ever dream of getting uh, getting near the gates, to be honest, Grace. And you're going to be <laughs> you're going to be out there. Um, I suppose was there anything? Obviously, the last year's event was cancelled because of COVID nineteen. Were they upfront in their communications about being invited back for this year's event? Like, how did that all happen? Because I imagine. You know, that must have been gutting for you to to have that event cancelled. Um, but uh, did, did they sort of guarantee you that you were coming back this year? How did that work? Yeah, so after they announced that, you know, they tried to postpone it, but because they had um, other uh, uh, tournaments at the end of the year and obviously the Masters were still going ahead, they um, had to cancel it, unfortunately. But they did message the players that, didn't turn pro last year that um, we will be reinvited, hence why I have the opportunity to go over there this year, um, which is soon. Uh, yeah, they were quite – they communicated with all the players quite well. They sent out a gift even. Um, like they sent out a little backpack with a gold Augusta logo on it. So um, I guess that that just showed how, like, sorry and bummed they felt. So. Um, we're going to get into sort of maybe what your, your schedule looks like in the next couple of weeks, but uh, the, the women's amateur is not that far away, Grace. Uh, so what's, what does that sort of timeline look like? I know you said you, you've got Queensland this weekend, um, but what does that sort of next couple of weeks look like for you? Yeah, so I will be playing the men's Queensland Open this week. I recently pulled out of the SA Classic. Uh, just because um, I'm having a bit of a delay with my passport and everything. So for me to get all that that done, um, it's going to take me a while. And for I just didn't want to be panicking whilst I'm at a different state when I need to be home, for instance. So uh, hopefully I'll have... I'll have around two weeks off and then hopefully if everything gets sorted within the, within those two 
two weeks, um, I'll be heading over on the 27th or the 26th of this month. And then uh, I'll play a couple more tournaments whilst I'm there and uh, really just stay there up until August when it's stage one of Q school. Now, our research is purely done on Instagram. Um, we don't really look at too much, too much other stuff. So, um, I mean, fortunately, or fortunately for yourself, unfortunately for us, there's not that much incriminating stuff on your Instagram, Grace, that we normally go back and, and trawl through. We look at people's first posts, but you're, uh, you, you've got a pretty good image out there. The one that I do want to um, touch on, 29th of June, 2019, a post from you standing on the 18th uh, green as Hannah Green uh, sunk the putt at Hazeltine there to win uh, the, the PGA Championship. A phenomenal experience, I imagine, for you just to be a part of that and experience what that was like. Um, I mean, you must have been so proud, I guess, as well. Um, what was that sort of emotion like uh, in the immediate aftermath? And and maybe take us inside the celebrations because we had Jared Felton on the pod a couple of weeks back and he told us that the celebrations were were pretty good for everyone but Hannah who had a, had a bit of media stuff to, to do. So a big evening and a big, uh, big afternoon for, for Hannah and her crew around her. Yeah, that was an unreal week. Uh, a bit of mixed emotions, really. I don't know if you've gone through the photos, but I was actually mm. bawling my eyes out for her in happiness. Um, I, like I was happy, but I was also crying. So I was, I was just wasn't, I was so confused. But yeah, during the whole week, you know, she went wire to wire, and to really like, you know, really like fly that Aussie flag. I was just so proud. Um, for her to be going through the Kyrie Webb series as well. And we were there for that reason. Um, it was just I, I, like I, I can't, put a, can't put words together for that week because I've never been – like I've won tournaments, but it wasn't obviously a major. Like I, I was more happy for her than anyone really, like any of my wins especially. So, yeah, the celebrations um, – got a bit messy everyone was drinking out of the trophy with straws it was unreal I love that. I'm yeah like I'm Asian so I get the Asian glow as well and so I was just glowing throughout the night <laughs> Hannah was just getting busy on her phone like phones going off um Jared and her um Hannah's caddy Nate was all over the floor like it was just a mess but a good mess so it was enjoyable <laughs> What, what sort of motivation, like to, to see someone that you know well experience that sort of joy, to know what it probably means, you know, back for the golfing community in Australia, how much does that, once you kind of get through that day and that night and you process it, uh, you know, post, how much does it motivate you to want to experience that for yourself? Yeah, I mean, like I mentioned before, you know, seeing Hannah do it um, just really shows that we can like not even just me anyone can do it like Steph won a pro event as an amateur like that's 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 huge but it's in a different way just seeing how all of us girls can achieve so much I yeah that really that really gives me the drive to keep going um really just put the put, put the foot down and work my ass off to achieve as much as I could because Obviously, I played a couple of pro events, but being there, the atmosphere is like what I want to live for. 
Let's talk off the course. Uh, being, you know, being a, a, a highly achieving amateur, probably someone looking to turn pro in the next few years, I can imagine your commitments throughout the week are heavily golf-dominated. A couple of thousand balls on the rain, you're training in a gym, you know, the mental work that you do. So when you get those windows to switch off, it's critical, I imagine, that you, that you take them. What are you doing in those times? How do you kind of relax and, and just remove yourself from, from golf for those precious few hours each week? Mm-hmm. I've made a um, like a, a sorry a New Year's resolution this year, and one of them was to start reading more books. Um, so I'm start, I'm rereading a couple of my old books for now, and then I'm going to purchase oh like one of them's the um, the subtle art of not giving an f. Um, that actually really helps with my mindset. Uh, obviously, it was really highly praised a couple years back, and. I really enjoy, I'm still enjoying the book. I'm going to purchase a couple more books, but normally I'm just uh, on my phone, either online shopping, which hurts the bank account, or um, just watching Friends on Netflix. <laughs> oh, that's excellent. That was also funny you say that. It was also one of my uh, New Year's resolutions. I think that's a, quite a common one. Uh, Grace, I mean, um, I've got some some book recommendations. I can send you some book recommendations. Great. Oh, yes, please. Yes, please, I've, happily. I've only read a couple, um, so I'm not going overly strongly, but not the uh, not the fastest reader in the world. We can't oh, neither you... am I. <laughs> well, you've got plenty of hours to sit on a plane and, uh, <laughs> and get through them soon. Um, we can't let you go. We can't let an amateur go without asking them the, uh, the million-dollar question about turning pro. Um, have you given that much thought? Where's that in the radar? Um, yeah, where, where are you at with that decision? Yeah, um, well, when I mentioned how last year um, it was a bit disappointing, that's when I was planning to turn, uh, mm. but it's now delayed to this year. Uh, hopefully, whilst I'm in the US playing in the LPGA Q school in August, I will basically yeah, I, I see myself turning pro there, then and there. I am, yeah, quite keen to earn some cash on tour now. So um, hopefully this year, if it all goes well. Well, don't blame you if you've uh, if you enjoy your online shopping and you enjoy books. You need to uh, you need to fund your two habits, uh, that's for sure. But um, we we have no doubt that once you do turn pro, you'll be you'll be earning very well uh, as you know if you keep playing the way you're playing a course over the weekend at the, the the players series you were the best female in the field tie for 28th um so you've got a, a massive future ahead of you grace um we've had a lot of fun having a chat to you uh you you're in some fantastic form we wish you all the very best particularly for when you go over to augusta and we'll be we'll be watching in earnest uh and hopefully seeing your name up the top of the leaderboard so thanks very much for jumping on and having a chat to us thanks so much guys i really enjoyed it